Welcome to the Iowa Revolution Podcast. Thank you for listening this week. I am Spencer Dirk, your host. Dr. Bob Leonard is my co-host. How are you doing, Dr. Bob? Fantastic. Beautiful day. It's a beautiful day. We are part of the Iowa Podcasters Collaborative. You can also follow us on Twitter. We're at Iowa Revolution. You can also email us, iowarevolutionpod at gmail.com. And right off the top, before we get to our topics today, you have a new piece we talked about a little bit last week on the Iowa Revolution podcast. You have a Substack where you write quite a bit about politics and culture and just Iowa news, but you have a new one up about Nikki Haley's run for president. Yes, and I was very happy uh, that Time Magazine published it. That's just really cool. And I was driving to Iowa City to pick up my daughter, and they were doing final edits. And when when Time Magazine is wanting edits, it's like I had to keep pulling off the road and texted my editor a photo of an old barn saying, this is where I'm editing from. And, you know, just to be part of the fun. And he said, you live a cliche. And I wanted to say you do too, but I didn't. You are an Iowa cliche. You are full Iowan. So make sure you can just Google Robert Leonard Substack and you can find his Substack. It's called Deep Midwest. If you're already part of Substack, you can just search Deep Midwest or Robert Leonard. So now let's get to, we got a lot of stuff to cover today. There's flooding along the Mississippi this week. The education reform bill has passed through the Iowa House and Senate. President Biden has officially put his hat in the ring for the Democratic nomination in the upcoming primary. We'll talk about who's actually in the race so far. The Faith and Freedom Forum was held in Clive last weekend. Nate Silver has been laid off as part of the big ESPN layoffs. Trump has more legal trouble. Tucker Carlson is out. Don Lemon is out. And we also have my top five pet peeves. We'll get to some of your pet peeves as well. We'll start off just kind of mentioning that there is flooding along the Mississippi. It's expected to be crested by Thursday, but then be with us probably through mid to late May. It's mainly because of snowmelt in Minnesota. All 10 counties have been issued a disaster proclamation from Governor Reynolds. So if you are listening to this along the Mississippi, our hearts go out to you because just another devastating situation along a major river. Well, and yes, it's going to be a, or a referendum on local civic leaders, too, because we've had flooding, you know, intermittently. I mean, starting bad in 93 and 2003, 2008. And there's been time to get in some of that infrastructure. We'll see which communities responded to those earlier lessons regarding investments and infrastructure. They're putting up sandbags. They're getting ready as best they can right now. But we'll see later on this week how bad it really gets. Just as big, if not bigger news, late last week, Iowa legislators have passed Governor Reynolds' education reform bill. It's just waiting for her signature, which she will sign. In its final form, the bill prohibits most books with written or visual depictions of a sex act, not just explicit sexual depictions, as the House Amendment suggested. So it's even more strict on what books can be in a library, in school grounds. There is an exception, of course, for religious texts, because the Bible would certainly not pass those uh, tests. Schools cannot provide false or misleading information on a child's gender identity to their parents, and school staff must have written consent from a parent to use a name or pronoun that differs from a child's assigned gender at birth. Those are just a few of the things in this education reform bill that's now waiting the governor's signature. I don't even know where to start. Let's just start with you know, the people that are doing this are really pro-Western, air quotes, civilization. They've just 
got rid of much of the canon of literature. I mean, a lot of American literature can't be taught. Grapes of Wrath, you know, all kinds of things. To Kill a Mockingbird. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. can go right down the list of... One, yeah, one of the most important books I've read as a Judy kid. All sorts of Bloom books. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's just crazy. And it's all to disrupt the public schools, to make them, you know, to, to make the teachers upset, the students not get access, so that they can continue their efforts to destabilize and defund the, the public schools so they can go to religious schools to perpetuate the Republican ideology and then our corporate overlords sucking all the money up. And it's ridiculous, too, from this standpoint. Private schools can do whatever the hell they want. They can let in whatever kids they want. They can hire whoever they want. They can teach whatever they want. But now they're putting their thumb even more on public schools. So there's a huge dichotomy of, okay, we run the public schools, but we really want you to go to private schools. So here's money to send your kid to public schools. And then we're going to make public schools not a place for learning, but more of indoctrination. And... Uh, private school tuitions are going up, some as much as 40%. I've been, I've been reading, and we don't want to leave out the fact that now teachers have to out trans kids. But if you're going to complain about a book in the library, you, the parent, can remain anonymous. Out the kids, parents can remain anonymous. They've also made it easier for people. Obviously, we have a teacher shortage in the state of Iowa. I wonder why the fuck why we might have a teacher shortage. Maybe it's because of shit like this. But they're now making it easier to become a teacher. So librarians don't have to get a teaching certificate. They can just fill in or they can become a teacher or they can be a substitute teacher. So right on down the line, they're making it so kids in Iowa, if you go to a public school, are going to get a worse education. Absolutely. And because they don't see teachers as having... Oh, I don't know. It's like anybody can teach, they think. And they're making our teachers worse, making our educations worse, having good teachers leave. Um, just I, I know some great teachers that are leaving, and it's because of this. And it's purposeful. It's not incidental. It's, it's purposeful. Yeah, there's going to be a whole lot of states around Iowa that are getting a lot of influx of good teachers from our state. And not only people that are currently teaching, but people that are currently going to college for teaching or people that are in high school that possibly want to get into teaching. They're not going to stay in the state of Iowa to do that. Because they don't want them to. They don't want good educational systems because they want to have an undereducated populace because an undereducated populace tends to vote Republican. So this is all all part of the strategy. And this is also, again, from basically out-of-state groups. Yes. I mean, most of this information has come from Moms for Liberty. We're a big lobbyist for this. That's a nationwide group. There's, of course, a very popular, at least in Republican circles, group of Moms for Liberty in the state of Iowa. Uh, Alec is behind a lot of the crap that the Republicans are passing this legislative session. So it's clearly not things that the actual populace and the constituents want. It's what out-of-state people are trying to see if they can get away with it in the state of Iowa. And if they can get away with it here, then they're going to expand. And all for corporate profits. That's what it's all about. It's time for some cock talk, caucus news. President Biden has officially announced that he will seek re-election in 2024. Uh, I believe he would be 82 years old when he would take his second oath of office for the presidency. Donald Trump would be 77 years old. So there's a lot of time between now and then. But what do you think the prospects are for Democrats if Biden is the nominee, whether it's against Trump, DeSantis or whoever else? 
I just think it's a lot of talk. I think the Democrats will rally around him. I mean, he and Trump are essentially contemporaries. Mm -hmm. And why is it an issue for Biden when it's not for Trump? I don't understand it. And uh, the Republicans are just better. You know, they have a more cheerleader media that's helping them do this narrative. I think it'll be an issue if Democrats act like it's an issue and they go, oh, whoa, this is an issue. Oh, no, what are we going to do? run around. But I think they're already doing that. Yeah. I mean, the minute he decided that he's going to run, and obviously the lead up to him announcing was all, should an old man be running in 2024? Well, For friend, the Democratic Party, especially a party that wants to attract young people, is much better at attracting young people than the Republicans are. It does seem counterintuitive to run an 82-year-old man as your figurehead. Yeah, and a friend and I were talking about it this morning, and he says... What Biden needs to do is elevate young leaders and make sure that they're a very visible part of his team. I think that's the way to handle it. Who else do you think? Pete Buttigieg is probably the first name that comes to mind for me. He did very well in the Iowa caucuses last time around. He would probably do very well this time. But of course, he's in Biden's cabinet and you're not going to run against your boss. But are there any other names of young Democrats that you could even think of that would possibly have a chance to beat a Republican? Not at the presidential level. I mean, I can't, nobody's coming to mind. I mean, Cory Booker, but he's, you know, he's like 55 now, but, and that's young compared to Biden and Trump, but I don't think they've done a very good job elevating the younger people. I mean, there's some really dynamic, good people under Secretary Torres Small, who is here, and she's like, 40. I mean, but there are a lot of people like that through the administration, but they've got to elevate them, let them turn them loose and let them speak of the many great accomplishments of the Biden administration. So here's the people that are officially in the race as it stands right now. For the Democrats, Joe Biden, Marianne Williamson and Robert F. Kennedy have officially announced the Republicans that are currently in the race are Donald Trump, Nikki Haley, Vivek Ramaswamy and Asa Hutchinson. Uh, Vivek is a entrepreneur. We'll talk to this in a minute, but he was on with Don Lemon on CNN last week. And some people are talking about that may have been the last straw for Don Lemon, although we'll talk about that later on. But yeah, he's a biopharmaceutical executive and author. And um, so if you've never heard of Vivek Ramaswamy before, that's who he is. Asa Hutchinson is the former governor of Arkansas. Right now, I mean, it's basically Joe Biden versus Donald Trump. I mean, Ron DeSantis has still not declared that he's going to be running. And things have not been really going too well for him recently either. Seems like the Republicans are starting to really turn on him and really get behind Donald Trump, which is crazy. But out of those people that are currently in the race, it's hard to imagine anything other than Joe Biden versus Donald Trump. Well, we'll see. I still keep thinking that what the pundits say doesn't matter. It's what's going to matter is what Iowa people in Wisconsin and then the third state is South Carolina, home of Tim Scott, Nikki Haley. And so either one of them comes through you know, South Carolina could decide who they want. And Nikki Haley is almost as popular as Ron DeSantis in South Carolina, April 12th poll. And uh, she's 10 points ahead of Tim Scott in her oh, own wow. state. So if they come, either of them come out, we'll see. I mean, Donald Trump is, is on trial today for sexually assaulting a woman. And then there's the Georgia thing. There's all kinds of things happening. DeSantis, he did well with the crowd here I saw last month. 
the pundits don't like him, some Republicans are coming after him. We'll just see, but a lot of that doesn't matter right now. We'll just see. I've said this before, Mike Pence is on a walk of shame. He just <laughs> needs to go home, get an intervention. Um, I don't think he is, by the no. way. No, and the, the entrepreneur is a, is a pompous, talk-down-to-people kind of guy. He's right. not our kind of guy. He's not going anywhere. No. It's a vanity thing. Well, I guess I have to... Trump's thing I thought was a vanity thing, too, and I was wrong then. But, I mean, he, it was a vanity thing, but he got elected. Yeah, I don't think his goal ever changed. I don't think his goal was ever the presidency. It was just to get his name out there and sell some of his products. And he accidentally became president. Uh, the Faith and Freedom Forum, were you going to say something? Oh, just that Asa Hutchinson would have been a good nominee about Dwight Eisenhower's time. Yeah, I mean, 20 years ago, if he was going up against, you know, Bill Clinton or yeah. something like that, then that would have been a real race. But, yeah, Asa Hutchinson probably doesn't have a chance to be the actual Republican nominee for the presidency. Faith and Freedom Forum was held in Clive on Saturday. Your favorite, Mike Pence, also Senator Tim Scott, former governor of Arkansas, Asa Hutchinson. Again, entrepreneur Vivek Ramaswamy and Perry Johnson all spoke there. Donald Trump addressed the crowd in a video call. Faith and Freedom Coalition lobbyist Jeff Pitts thanked Iowa legislators for standing up to harsh criticism this legislative session. I love this quote. Iowa elected Republican representatives accomplished difficult objectives, Pitt said, but after achieving these milestones, our greatest servants endure an onslaught daily of hate and vitriol and scorn. So being called Nazi-like bullies worse, but I admire our legislators. They're doing a great job and you should admire them too. When you're saying that you're being called Nazi-like, when you say that, that's not a good quote. No. Like you're almost admitting like, yeah, MFers, like yeah. we're freaking Nazis and we don't care Yeah, is how that sounds to me. Yeah. No, it's a cell phone. <laughs> right. Yeah, it was. And but, you know, that first this is the first cattle call. And I think um, before the evangelicals, I think it's going to be very important. I think uh, the family leader, their event coming up you know, later in the year, I think is going to be important. The endorsement of the family leader and Bob Vanderplatz is going to be important. It always is. Uh, Ron DeSantis not being there also was kind of news. Again, he hasn't officially said that he's going to be running, although we all assume that he probably will be. But he caught some flack already. So again, he's not off to a good start. And certainly this doesn't help him with the state of Iowa, you wouldn't think. And the Republicans will, Iowa will be the first in the nation caucus for the Republicans. For the Democrats, probably not. But Iowa is still a very, very important state for Republicans to do well in. Maybe not win, but they've got to be, you know, first, second, maybe a close third. Well, and whoever suggested to DeSantis that going to Japan now was a good idea should be fired. Yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous. Speaking of, I don't think he has the best handlers. I saw a clip from this morning. He was on Fox News and he was staring directly into the sunlight during a live spot. So whoever's working for him doesn't realize that the sun rises in the east and sets in the west, or they just don't understand. And obviously people at Fox News don't give a crap either, because his own people didn't set it up correctly, and the people at Fox News apparently don't care enough about him to tell him, hey, spin this around, you look like a moron. I mean, he's just squinting straight into the sun. He already looks moronic, and that just made it even worse. Well, I've seen a lot of those kinds of you know photo shoots over the years, and 
the camera people are always very, very sensitive to those kinds of things. So that's sort of odd. Isn't it odd? Yeah. It's yeah. almost like he was set up. Yeah. Which yeah. is strange. And all sorts of weird things have been happening lately. Like he was asked about falling behind in the polls to Trump. And he said, I, have, I haven't run for, I haven't actually said I'm going to be in the primary yet. Very odd, chuckly way of answering the question. Yeah. He's just a weird bird. Yeah, he is. He should just say, Biden beat Trump. Trump's a loser. I can beat Biden. That's. I mean, it's a pretty simple message. Right. It's like he's afraid to tick off Trump because he needs Trump's voters, though, too. You know, like he is still kind of trying to walk that tightrope of, I can beat this guy, but I need all of the people that are attached to him to move to me rather than somebody else. Yeah. And the Republicans, it is different because like you mentioned with Biden, it does seem like the Democrats will rally behind whoever it is. And this goes back at least for most of my life. But the Republicans, that's not always the case. If DeSantis gets the win, if he wins the primary and is the candidate, I feel like a lot of Trump voters will not vote for DeSantis. They will not rally behind him. Especially when, and Trump won't rally behind anybody but himself. Yeah, he's not going to endorse whoever beats him. He'll run all the way until election day just to spite people. Right, and he will say, you know, that the next election was stolen. He'll say that the Iowa primary, he said it last time that the Iowa caucuses were stolen from him when he lost to Ted, well, not last time, in 2016 when he lost to Ted Cruz, he said it was rigged against him. Right. That's his, that's what he does. Exactly. Yeah, he's never going to admit that he was wrong or that he had a, the wrong message or that uh, the people chose the wrong guy. It was rigged and uh, somebody's out to get him. Nate Silver is out. 538.com. Nate Silver, one of the most famous, if not the most famous pollster in United States history, really came onto the scene in 2012 when he did a really good job of predicting what was going to happen in that race between Romney and Obama and, you know, the primaries, et cetera, leading up to that race. But over the past few races, including in 2020, he's been known more for his failures than he has been for his correct predictions. So, and he wasn't fired. We'll get to the people who were fired here in a minute, but just kind of a shocking bit of news this morning of that's a pretty big guy to be laying off if you're ABC Disney. Yeah, and there's been a number of people critical of his takes on his polling and how they're sort of slanted and and not necessarily backed up by the data. So I think that was might have been something too. There's a lot of people that are, have grown increasingly critical of Nate Silver. I think he also sort of set himself up for that too. Most pollsters are behind the scene workers. Yeah. He is very vocal about his predictions. He's on Twitter all the time. He's not afraid to give his opinion on things rather than things that are based in facts and statistics. So I bet there's a lot of people that are not too sad about Nate Silver losing his job today. He'll land on his feet. Well, yeah. I mean, before he was with ABC ESPN, he had a very successful website of his own and 538.com. Who knows if that still goes with him or if they've just shuttered the whole thing and he starts fresh. But I'm sure somebody will hire him. CNN might need somebody, MSNBC. He's certainly a recognizable face with some cachet that you would think somebody would go after. Steve Kornacki, he's the best. He is the best. So yeah, MSNBC is probably all right when it comes to stat casters. 
So just a, an interesting bit of news. Let's get to Trump once again, possibly facing legal trouble. The prosecutor in Atlanta investigating whether then-President Donald Trump and his allies illegally meddled in the 2020 election in Georgia said this Monday she expects to announce charging decisions in the case this summer and urged, quote, heightened security. Her name is Willis. She's been investigating whether Trump and his allies broke any laws as they tried to overturn his narrow election loss to Democrat Joe Biden in Georgia. She opened the investigation in early 2021, so pretty much right after the election, shortly after a recording of a phone call between Trump and Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger was made public. In that call, Trump suggested the state's top election officials could help, quote, find the votes needed to overturn his loss in the state. It has become clear since then that the scope of her investigation has expanded far beyond that call. We're all familiar with that call where he was talking to Brad Raffensperger and literally said, find me whatever it was, 600 and whatever votes. That's all I needed to do. And it should have been open and closed. This should have already been gone to trial and we should already have a result. It's just we heard it. We heard the tape. Now, I think that they want to see who else is involved, who else in his campaign. I want to see Lindsey Graham's head roll on this one, too, because he went down there and right. tried to do it. I yeah. mean, I forget who else. Rudy Giuliani. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it's still what a group of people to surround yourselves with. Yeah, and he's probably going to be arrested for it. And by the way, the reason why she brought up heightened security is because of protesters or rioters that are Trump fans, you know, not heightened security for Trump or for her, but just wherever the Atlanta courthouse is, making sure that they're prepared when the charges are brought. So the fact that she's even saying that does lead me to conclude that there will be charges brought. It doesn't necessarily mean that it will be against Donald Trump. It may be against Rudy Giuliani or somebody else, but Reading the tea leaves, it does seem like if you're saying heightened security, they're not going to be out in full force if it's Rudy Giuliani. No. You don't really need heightened security if it's Lindsey Graham. You need heightened security if you're going to be charging Donald Trump. And if she's doing it this summer, I mean, that's not too far away. I mean, she said, I think between mid-July and early September yeah. is when she's expecting to, to be done with the case, or at least done with the charging portion of the case. Yeah, and she's probably, I don't know, maybe she's dropping it down early now so people get used to it coming. I mean, yeah. maybe, you know, who knows why, but it's almost like the Supreme Court Dobbs decision, Roe v. Wade, where you have the leaked document out way out in front of it. So then when it comes, it's, we knew weeks, this was coming. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's probably a good strategy if you are trying to be on the up and up, but this just adds to a, another charge against Donald Trump. So... We already have him. He's been charged and arrested for election meddling, you know, paying off the porn star, paying off a bellhop. And so that's already campaign violation. Yeah. So that's already in court. You mentioned the rape allegation. There's and there's still other pending charges out there. Right. Yeah. And he's the Republicans number one guy sent by God. <laughs> That's, that's the only say. that's the only explanation. Yeah. Is for those people to think that he is the second coming or at least God's helper, God's little helper. Yeah. Yeah. Which is so warped. It is warped. The the uh intellectual leaps that have to be made for that is 
just incredible to me. And speaking of intellectual leaps, Tucker Carlson at Fox News, another one of God's little helpers. He's not going to be helping as much as he used to be because he is gone at Fox News. Not only gone, but fired from Fox News. His last show on Friday night, he said, we'll see you on Monday night. No indication at all over the weekend that he would not be there Monday night. And then late Sunday into Monday morning, we found out he would not be there Monday night. Yeah. And there's been no explanation. So it's time for some reckless speculation. We do not know any of the things going on at Fox News or New York City. I guess, first of all, what does this do to Fox News? Well, it seems like, you know, we're all sort of in the present always. We don't think about the past. But think about the other popular hosts that have gone by the wayside at Fox News. Uh, Megyn Kelly, Lou Dobbs wasn't in the same league as Tucker, but... Bill O'Reilly. Bill O'Reilly. Boy, that he was a really big one at that time. Glenn Beck. Yeah. I mean, so I think I've read that people are saying Murdoch thinks that they're expendable and that he became too much of a liability. We'll see what happens to him. He's, I mean, there's so, so much. But working behind the scenes to get the woman fired that wanted to tell the truth, that's the one that bothered me the most. And there's a lawsuit against him for that. There's just lawsuit on lawsuit on lawsuit on lawsuit. Well, yeah, there's going to be another election machine lawsuit with Smartmatic. They've obviously already settled the Dominion law case, $770 million that Fox News is going to have to give to Dominion. Do you think that's connected? It's just all speculation. They're saying that. Again, this is reckless speculation. Don't sue us, Tucker. Yeah. So no. Or sue us, actually. That'd be great. (laughs) (laughs) Some free publicity. I don't, I don't know what it is. I don't think anybody knows what it is. Tucker probably doesn't even know what it is. But I'm looking forward to him declaring that he's going to run for president. That may be next. Yeah. Why not? Or he's just going to go on tour with Trump or DeSantis, whoever he chooses. He's got to figure out his, he's, he's got to figure out his uh, scam of going out and getting the, you know, the... I don't know, dozen emails I get from the Trump organization every day asking me for a donation. And he's going to figure out how to do that and grift off of us just like Trump does. I was going to say he's good at the grift, so he will, I'm sure, land on his feet. Plus, he's a trust fund kid anyway. He comes from the Swanson frozen meal dynasty. So he never has to work a day in his life ever again anyway. He was making $20 million a year at Fox, which reports are not sure how long his contract goes, but he re-signed in 2021. And the reports are, at least as of now, that they are going to continue to pay him $20 million until that contract runs up, which is also interesting because then that would mean that they didn't really fire him for cause. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if, if he if he was sexually harassing somebody, if he was doing anything that was out of bounds in terms of his contract or professional conduct, they wouldn't have to pay him a cent. So it is interesting. It must have just been a personal decision. Maybe Rupert Murdoch was like... Screw you, I'm done. Yeah. He's feeling fight. Rupert Murdoch is feeling <laughs> feisty. He's in his 80s and got, has a new bride. That's right. Yeah. It's, it's his fifth life now for Rupert Murdoch. He's got to show off and impress the little lady. Uh, more reckless speculation. Uh, Don Lemon is also out. Interesting news that Tucker and Don Lemon were both let go on the same day, essentially. I don't think he's as big of a star for CNN as Tucker Carlson is for Fox News. 
I do think he's pretty integral to what they do, though. I mean, he is one of the faces of their network. He has a primetime show. He hosts their New Year's Eve bash and gets drunk every December 31st with Anderson Cooper. So he's probably, I mean, other than Anderson Cooper, maybe Wolf Blitzer, probably just because he's been there for so long. But Don Lemon would be the third person I would name for CNN personalities. Well, that they moved him to a morning show six months ago. Right. That was very interesting. It seemed yeah. like a bit of a demotion for him. And uh, he got caught up in it. And we don't know why, but we know that he made some very inappropriate remarks about Nikki Haley's looks and her age. Yeah. And so, so he might have lost his job for that. But compare that to all that Tucker Carlson did, the, you know, to foment the um, insurrection and racism and hatred and all of that, you know, over compared to a sexist remark. There, there's probably something deeper than that. You would think. I think in both cases, it's probably hard to pinpoint one thing. It's certainly on air that they did that was damaging. I guess Tucker Carlson, there was a settlement for $787 million. So you could pinpoint to a few things there, but he lasted through that, mm-hmm. lasted until now. But... I was talking about Vivek Ramaswamy earlier. He is an official Republican nominee for the presidency. He was on Don Lemon's show last week, and Vivek was talking about how black people got civil rights after the Civil War, um, you know, with the 14th Amendment, and they were now recognized, so they had the Second Amendment rights, et cetera, et cetera. And to me, it was just a, a, a good argument conversation between a a politician and a journalist. You know, Don Lemon pushed back and said, no, you're wrong. I mean, this leads up all the way to the civil rights issues in the mid-60s, and you know what I mean? So the fact that people are pointing to that of this may be why he was fired from CNN doesn't really hold much water to me. No, me neither. I mean, this was like official, like, not official, but quote-unquote important people on Twitter were kind of pushing this narrative that this was sort of the straw that broke the camel's back. And I think in both instances, there probably was a straw that broke the camel's back. There wasn't just one thing where it's like, that's why they're gone. Yeah, we may never know. I'm sure we'll know. You think Tucker Carlson and Don Lemon are going to keep their mouth <laughs> shut? We don't know if it's the truth. Well, I guess I would believe Don. I won't believe Tucker ever. Right. But who would, uh, here's a good thought experiment. Who would you believe between Fox News and Tucker Carlson? If you Fox had to choose. Really? Yeah. I don't believe t- Tucker Carlson, though. He admits he lies to us. It's, you know, Trump lied at least 30,000 times over the course of his presidency, according to the Washington Post. I bet Tucker quadrupled that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, on the air for yeah. an hour every night yeah. for every weeknight a year. Easily beats 30,000. We're getting to the end here. It's time for my top fives, unless there's anything else that you want to mention, anything newsworthy, anything fun, anything culturally significant. By the way, Tucker Carlson, Don Lemon is part of our good news segment this week. Yeah. So just in case you were That's wondering. Good. I like that. Well, I'd like to, to invite it into our conversation about our top, your top five uh, pet peeves, uh, Libby Minson, who's a uh, central student who's joined us here today. Hi, Libby. Hi. <laughs> Do you have any top five or any pet peeves off the top of your head? 
I mean, looking at you too, definitely the K response is a huge one when you just text K. That is a huge popular. I text K. Yeah, K period. Like, you, it's not like you don't have the time to type out OK, but you have the time to put a period after the end of it. The K. I didn't know I put the period. If I, a period was there, it was a mistake. But the K, I thought the K is the greatest invention of all time. It's a bit passive aggressive. Is it? snobby. Oh, is it? K. Yeah. Like you're not worthy of a full (laughs) response. Like you, and I know that you're a busy man. We know that you're a busy man. With a short attention span. Right. So I guess on one hand, we probably should be lucky that we get a response at all. Is the way you look at it, right? No, that's not how. Now I'm going to, I'll never get that time back that I send back the thoughtful responses to you too. But it's it's worse than that. I'm doing That's it to awful everybody. for you to say. <laughs> yeah. I've been your friend for 16 years, and you're saying I'll never get the time back you're of being saying, a nice friend to you're, you. You're not 69 years old. True, I'm 39. <laughs> so it's just like so oh you're saying God. your time. So once again, your time is more important than mine because you're nearing death. My, is that yeah, your point? on my phone it is. You and I have our <laughs> nice conversations every morning, and we can do that nearly every morning. But. No, I guess I just don't get it. So I apologize. <laughs> no, I mean you're gonna. I know you're gonna do it more now, probably. Just to, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just to bug me, but I just I really feel like it's always been like, hey, I'm gonna be a little late coming in today, or hey, what? I won't what come am I in supposed this to day. Say? So you you say you're gonna be a little late. Oh, what's keeping you? I mean, oh, you know. Can yeah. I help? What if what? something was wrong? <laughs> yeah, well, you'd say help. <laughs> Text right, help if something is wrong, fair. and I and I'm try, going to try to remember never to say K. I'll say Q or something. No, just... please. Oh my goodness! I'm better than a GIF, honestly. I don't want a GIF. <laughs> you don't want a GIF. I don't want. To How about a GIF? Yeah. See, no. that's the other thing too. You're 69. That's why you say GIF. Yeah. Like it's the peanut gift. butter. It's GIF. Like the peanut butter. You know what the G in GIF stands for? No. Graphic. Oh, okay. Not graphic. <laughs> graphic. Okay. And that's the other thing, too. GIF can be confusing because GIF is a peanut butter. There is no GIF. GIF is a singular thing, a moving picture that just repeats. That's a GIF. They're You're fun. very passionate about the GIF thing. I have been for a long time because people have been <laughs> See, calling it a GIF for a long time. See, and it should know. be, even though the inventor of the GIF says it should be GIF, he pronounces it GIF. But so I'm right. No, no that that's a person you can K. That's like a K yeah. statement right there. You're like K. Oh, yep. all right. All right. I think we've spent Computer entirely scientists. too much time on this one. <laughs> this is, more pet peeves this is more important than Tucker, uh, Tucker Carlson leaving Fox News. <laughs> Anything else, Libby, that you. No. Uh, you guys are perfect. About Dr. Bob or me. You guys are perfect. Please don't fire me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Time for my top five pet peeves. And we'll get to Dr. Bob's here in a minute. I don't know if you've got five, but you've got I don't a know. few. I've got one more now. You've got, you've, <laughs> you've got a few good ones. So my number five is announcing you're taking a social media break. Like, just leave. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Don't say, see you in a month. I'm taking a social media break. When's the last time you've honestly noticed a friend or somebody you follow hasn't tweeted or posted for a month? Never. Ever? Yeah. Mm, I could argue against it, but like, if you count social media as a, or Snapchat as a social media, then I would notice. 
Because, like, that's how a lot of my generation communicates, which I hate. But, like, my friend deleted Snapchat. If she wouldn't have told me that, I would have thought, she's just not talking to me for a month. I guess that's a good point. But, yeah, I mean, I guess in that instance, it is more of a one-on-one communication tool. Yeah, like, Instagram, I I could not care less. Yeah. That you're not going to post your coffee. So if you're taking a social media break, just do it. Nobody cares. Number four is seeing really bad grammar. Also kind of goes back to social media. I used to be worse about it. I used to really comment on pretty much every time I saw it. I don't really do that anymore because I don't really care that much. But it still, like, bothers me in my soul. In your soul? Yeah. Well, sometimes they're really, really bad. And it's hard to even read what people are saying. Like, it's hard for me to get past typos sometimes. Not typos, but actual just using the wrong there or not using correct punctuation, whatever the situation is. I've given up on punctuation and, you know, texting and stuff like that. Well, yeah, that's one thing. I'm talking about when you actually post something publicly. No, I always feel bad if I goof up on that. I feel really bad. If I use, if I do something wrong, I misspell something, I slap my forehead. Same, even if I write like a two-sentence tweet or Facebook post, Mm -hmm. I I proofread it. Yeah. (laughs) And I still make mistakes, and then I'll see it, and then edit it, and go back and change it. But that's just because I'm a stickler for it, I guess. Grammar's kind of dead, though. That is true. I think for your generation, everything comes from chat GPT is good at grammar, I imagine. Yeah, So now you guys are good at grammar. Well, it's not us. Are you part of Generation You're Generation Z. I'm Gen Z. Yeah. yeah. And I'm millennial, and you're a boomer. Yeah. Right? Boomer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, boomer. And it's funny, though, that you say that because people have been saying that since I was in school, that you know, grammar and spelling is going to hell because, you know, we had computers. We didn't have smartphones. We had computers that did spell check and then eventually did grammar check, too, so... That's probably a lot of the issue for people my age is they never really had to learn how to do it correctly because a computer just did it for them. Yeah. I mean, I care about grammar, but I mean, I study journalism, so I feel like that probably has something to do with it. Yeah. But I know a lot of people who could not differentiate the right type of your, which is ass. And you go to a really good college. Yeah. I go to a great college. (laughs) Woo! You do. (laughs) It's a good college. Yeah. Uh, so seeing really bad grammar is number four. Number three is styrofoam rubbing on styrofoam. Yeah. <laughs> Don't your ears just hurt? It's like, like the even chalk even thing. Hearing I can't that? do it. My spine hurts. Yeah. Like when you're carrying takeout food out of the restaurant and you hear, uh, yeah, that's bad. awful. I should put that in post. <laughs> just styrofoam rubbing on styrofoam. Uh, number two is people driving slowly in the passing lane, in the left lane. It's awful. And I think there was a big push not too long ago. There are some states where you are, it's illegal to do that. You you have to be passing somebody. If you're in the left lane for more than X amount of miles and a trooper is following you, they can pull you over. Yeah, on the interstate. Right. Yeah, on the interstate. Not on the freeway. The freeway you can do whatever. Right. Mm. Yeah, if you're like in town and you're trying to I think that's why it's called a freeway. You can do whatever. No, I mean, you can <laughs> that's why I went pop wheelies. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> whatever. Didn't Not have tires on K. your car. Okay. <laughs> My number one, top five pet peeve. Number one, this is, I think, really idiosyncratic and just unique to me, but watching a lefty pitcher or quarterback. 
<laughs> doesn't bother me. That yeah, no. Are you you're a righty? Yeah. Are you a righty? Yeah. See, to me, it's just one of those things that bugs me. Like a pet peeve is just a small thing that bugs you, right? It's not necessarily right. something you're gonna go on a tirade about. But watching a lefty pitcher, there's just something about it that I can't do that. I've played baseball, but I can't throw left-handed. So it's just weird. Like, my brain doesn't quite compute how they're doing that. I can't throw right-handed. <laughs> <laughs> Mine is when people who are left-handed are always the ones to ask, oh, are you right-handed? Because they want to they talk about that they're left-handed for some oh, weird really? reason. Yeah. Like, you've never, I've never asked someone, are you right-handed or left-handed? Because I don't care. But, like, left-handed people want to talk about that they're left-handed a little bit. Interesting. My wife and kids are left-handed. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Both Asa and Johanna are left-handed? Yep. I didn't know that. Yep. Left-handed. Do you guys... They're creative. So, yes. Yeah, they're very that makes creative. sense a little bit. Yes. Left-handed people are really good at public speaking, too. I think, what, four of our last five presidents have been left-handed? Yeah. Obama yeah, was left-handed. George W. Bush, I think, was left-handed. Bill Clinton, I think, was left-handed. Yep, yeah, and they're great public speakers, all three of them, and they're better writers than I am, too. I don't know about all three. Yeah. Obama, good. certainly. George W. No, Bush I meant my kids and family. Oh, my wife and kids. <laughs> I, was, I was on the same page. Yeah, I was like, no, nah, I don't think that. I mean, Obama's pretty good. I read oh, he's great. at least one of his books, but yeah, the other two. I'm the worst writer in the family. That's saying something. So what are your top, or what are your pet peeves, Dr. Bob? Well, first thing I have to say, do you know, it just dawned, well, it dawned on me when you shared what the topic was, is this is just such a first world problem, our pet peeves. Right. It's just that I'm saying, okay, is a... <laughs> it drives me insane, though. Like, it, like, it will ruin my day. Like, or like, not in my day, but like, in the next five minutes. So anyway, it's all pretty minor stuff. So, yeah, I don't want to ruin your day. I, I'll mess with your next five minutes. Yeah, I know. Oh, I know. <laughs> I'm well aware. Actually, I prefer to mess with your next 30 seconds. It's really, and then it can go away. But the styrofoam one is big. People that park, that in our small towns, if they can't park in front of the store they're going into, they just get so irate. Right. It's just like, oh, I, I couldn't stop at the at the this shop on the square because there wasn't a parking place. Right. It's just like, what? I mean, I've lived in big cities where if you got within 15 minutes where you're going, that was great. Right. And then the other thing is the people, you know, at the courthouses that complain that they have to move, that they they don't want to park a block away. They want to park right at the courthouse. And rather than letting the businesses prosper by having the parking for all the people that won't park there <laughs> unless there's an open space that that's something that's troublesome for me i guess uh, one of the pet peeves relates to social media that i hadn't put down but the people that do these vague kinds of statements uh, this is a troubling time in my life and i'm going to do x y and z but i'm gonna be okay and i'm just thinking about where i'm going where i've been or just, just some people smh and you're like, who the hell are you talking about? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I think you're just nosy a little bit. Like, you want to know. Well, we are. are. Well, we're all nosy, especially on social <laughs> oh, media. Yeah. And then if you're going to be vague about it, you're inviting people to I, be like, what's wrong? Yeah. How oh, can I help? Yeah. Who is it? Well, so, so, so all social media is kind of a cry for attention. Well, yeah. A little bit, right? Yes. 
Yeah. That's why we all, I love attention. I'm Generation <laughs> Z for a reason. I was born in the right generation. Well, yeah, now you can get attention on 50 different apps. Yeah. Like boomers don't want attention. Oh, well, yeah. You know, yeah. like, oh Well, yeah, God. you guys run Facebook now. Yeah. <laughs> That's why she and her part are on problem. Snapchat because you guys yeah. ruin Facebook. No, I got made fun of for of being on Twitter. Facebook the other day. Someone goes, Are you on Facebook? And I was just going through Swap, <laughs> just shopping a right. little bit, but I got made fun of for being on Facebook. Really? That is funny yeah. that that's now the main utility that people use Facebook for anymore. Shopping. shopping. Yeah. Like you people your age, that's I love the, swap. Yeah. Oh, a good a good deal. Yeah. Right. It's dangerous swapping things and interacting with people you don't know on I mean, Facebook. We're in I mean we're in a small town, so I'm not too worried about it. She lives it. in Pella, man. Yeah. She's not worried about it. I'm shit. from a small town, so Right. And I know in some communities where I'm from, Marion, the police station is actually a safe place meeting spot. So if you're buying something off of Facebook or Craigslist or whatever, you can actually meet in the police station parking lot and exchange there. Yeah. And think then if somebody it. doesn't show up to that meeting, then you know. <laughs> yeah, what they meant. Uh, right. You just put in the address. You don't tell them it was the police station. I would say it's the police station. Yeah, like, hey, we'll meet at the police station, and I'll give you your 50 bucks, and you can give me the... Because people have been robbed and hurt. Right. Yeah. So, I can't remember if I had any other pet peeves. People are rude, uh, rude to servers. Yes. That, yeah, that drives me nuts. Yeah. When, when I hear somebody being rude or short with a server, it's just... Yeah. I don't like that at all. I was a server. I can agree with that. Because yeah. most of the time, it's not our fault. Well... It's never my fault, yeah. But <laughs> most of the time, it's like either technology or the kitchen is packed or something, but they just get the front of it for no reason. Right. It's terrible. Yeah, the funny thing is. That's yeah, a your generation. Servers are the yeah. literal, like, middleman. The yeah. cooks behind the scenes are pissed at you, and then the people front of house that are customers are pissed at you. Yeah. And they're, and they're always and telling you to smile. Ugh. Oh. I that's a pet peeve. They say smile. Tell, when someone tells me to smile, it makes me want to frown like as <laughs> deep as I can, just to spite them a little bit. Another pet peeve. My remote control and the television is just like I can't find what I want to watch. I guess this isn't an age problem. It's just like if I want to find the Mandalorian or something cool like that. It's just like, where are you? Like <laughs> going through the bushes, trying to find out, you know. Trying to find a like a lost golf ball in the in the weeds. I'm just surprised you didn't call it a clicker. A clicker? <laughs> yeah, your remote control the clicker. <laughs> well, why not? Is it, are, aren't they called remote controls anymore? What are they called? Yeah, the remotes. Yeah. Oh, all right, so I'm hip. <laughs> yeah, look at you. Oh goodness, you're woke. You're woke. I am woke. Yeah. Absolutely woke. Uh, next week, my top five Tom Cruise movies. Do you like Tom Cruise? As an actor? <laughs> That's yes. what I mean, yes. I don't mean as a person or no. as a Scientology weirdo. Are you a no, Tom Cruise fan? I mean, yeah. Do you, have you heard of Tom Cruise? Yeah, first I know. Oh my goodness. <laughs> well, hey, I'm just saying. That's another you might not... Just because my age, people are like, mm, you probably don't know Well, we've something. mentioned several people before that you should know, or that we think you should know, yeah. that you don't know. Oh, Tom yeah. Cruise sure is We've a... had conversations where Tom I just Cruise smile is a... and nod. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tom Cruise is of that age that she might be too young to know, and I'm too old to know. Right. Well, he's <laughs> just a, think of that. Oh, your your life's so hard being yeah. surrounded by us. Yeah. We never know what you're talking about. We just smile and nod. 
I'm getting the hell out of here, folks. This is the <laughs> Iowa Revolution podcast. Thanks for tuning in. We uh, record this every Tuesday. It drops every Wednesday. You can follow us on Twitter. We're at Iowa Revolution. Email us, iowarevolutionpod at gmail.com. You also can search out Dr. Bob's Substack. It's Deep Midwest. You can just Google Deep Midwest Robert Leonard or Substack Robert Leonard. You can find it there. Also, make sure to follow everybody on the Iowa Writers Collaborative and the Iowa Podcasters Collaborative. Anything else, Dr. Bob? No, excellent advice. Thank you. And thanks to Libby for joining us. Yes, thanks yeah, to thanks Libby for Menson. Me join you. And I didn't call you Libby Randall. So yeah, good job. It's a win for me. My brain is still functioning. <laughs>